Hi, I'm Estelle. I spent a decade of my life in the area of social media influence, VIP parties, and traveling the world, but it left me feeling empty, lost, and longing for something more. Now you're listening to The Purposepreneur, where I have meaningful conversations with awesome people about life, purpose, and creativity. We try to figure out who we are and what to do with our one amazing life. I hope this helps you in some way as well. Let's begin. Hey guys, I'm excited for today's episode on fitness entrepreneurship and I interview Linda and Alex on their personal and business journey in starting various fitness-themed businesses. We talk about how to create a beautiful, genuine and strong fitness brand and community. For this episode, we have an amazing giveaway as well. Linda will give away a session at WeBar to three lucky winners and Alex will give away three consultations by Avery and Co to anyone who wants to build a fitness, wellness, nutrition or coaching business. So stay tuned for the giveaway details at the end of the episode. And sometimes there's things about a job that you like, things that you don't like. You're so, so, so in, in your case, do you just delegate the things you don't like? You know, are there things that maybe, let's say, don't make sense that you would delegate? You know, for example, Linda, would you be teaching bar your entire life? You know, or do you think it's something that, that you would hire like other young, vibrant girls who are passionate about the sport so that you can focus on what you do great, which is being a visionary, being a CEO, being a business leader? Yeah, I think uh, it really depends on how much money you have, <laughs> how much disposable <laughs> cash you have, True. Um, and your time and your strengths, if I could summarize, probably those three. And um, like at the beginning, when Annabelle and I first started Weba, we didn't have money, right? All our money was into renovations and setting it up. So we literally did every single thing in-house. The only thing we um, outsourced was our website developing. Even accounting, I did in-house and I hated accounting. And that was the admin for me where every time I did, I was like, oh, this is the part I hate of my job. Like if there's anything that I dislike, it's accounting and expenses and reconciliation. Um, And then uh, nine months in, when we had a little bit more cash, I hired an accountant. So um, I feel, yeah, it depends on those things. Uh, And I think at the beginning of a startup, you have to be prepared to do all the glamour and all the stuff you don't like to do. And that's just the hustle. Like that's just the hustle of getting shit done and saving money and um, doing things as economically as possible. Um, of course, the more senior you get, you can make that choice. Um, and for me, I've always wanted to be close to the business. And I guess when I was in FMCG, I was in a global team. And what that means is you're creating global assets. You're creating like a commercial that could go out to three different markets. You know, I very rarely actually meet the end user unless I go into the market. So I loved what I did, but I also felt like it wasn't, I couldn't see it really give and derive value to the end user. And that is probably the fulfillment part that I felt like wasn't truly um, seen through. And that's what I love about what I do now because I can make high level decisions and I can teach a class and really see everything that we have worked on go into the end-to-end experience for the customer 
and I can really see the benefit and the value they derive from it. And to me, that is the whole reason why I, you know, we're doing Weba. That's the whole reason why we've created this brand to empower people, to give them value, to make them feel more confident than when they, you know, before they walked in that door. And if I don't get to teach a class, if I don't get to meet the customer, then I'm always going to be one step away from that, that end deliverable. So to me, I love what I do. I love teaching a class. I still feel alive after a class. The, the energy that I get from everyone in that class and the meaning that I know that it gives them is really priceless. And um, I would hope that I could continue to teach forever. As long as I'm doing Weba, I would love to continue, continue teaching. Of course, sometimes um, my workload would increase and I would teach less. Sometimes my workload would be more manageable. I can teach more. Um, but I really love. I mean, for me, that is the meaning of why we started the business. So I wouldn't give that up. I do feel there is room to give up areas that you are personally not good at. So if something that you do is going to take you five hours, but could take a professional one hour, and maybe that money is better spent getting them to do it. So you can spend your five hours doing something that you're freaking good at, that you could really give back to the company with. Yeah. So I do believe in areas like that. Like if, so at nine months in accounting was not my strength. And when I hired the accountant, she was like, you did everything wrong anyway. So I should have just hired her from the beginning. <laughs> but I was like, I wanted to try to do everything myself. So, um, yeah. so I'm, very, I'm a big advocate for that. And that's taken a lot of stress and time off my back that I'm not good at anyway. So I think it's finding a balance of what fulfills you, what you're good at. Um, but also being in touch with what really matters. I think that's important for every entrepreneur. That's great. How about you, Alex? I love how you've really owned the journey, you know, through the highs, the lows, the, the, the mishaps and the unexpected and the failures. And how do you now better work with your strengths and weaknesses? Mm, I think it's all about self-awareness, right? So you need to understand, first of all, what you enjoy doing and what you don't enjoy doing. And yeah. sometimes you can put yourself into those situations before you uh, get that uh, understanding or get that realization. But these things have already happened in your lifetime, right? So you, all you need to do is just track back and look at the different experiences that you had, which were the best times, which were the worst times. And then from there, you tease out and you distill the, the goods and the bads. And then from there, you, you have a great, that greater sense of self-awareness. Uh, but, and I think, you know, life is always changing. It's always revolving. We always have new unexpected circumstances that might happen. And then we learn new things about ourselves, right? But uh, it's about that self-awareness that you have of yourself through your different experiences that help you determine and define, okay, I can't do this. I can't do that. I should do this instead of that, right? And it's also the level of discomfort. Uh, Linda talks very you know, appropriately about the balance. What's that level of discomfort? Where is your threshold of discomfort until that point where you need to engage somebody else to do that, that uh, particular task, right? So uh, I think if there's one word, it's about self-awareness and it's about running through your past experiences to be able to understand where that is about uh, you, right? Uh, and some people might not even be able to go through that process, you know? So that's where somebody might be able to come in and just sit down with somebody to help you go through that journey to understand what were the things that you actually uh, are good at and not so good at and having that self-awareness to be able to chart uh, your future a lot better yeah that's great mm. can i add on yeah. to that 
for um, sure. I, I love I love this self awareness piece. And just a little tangible tip I would give for listeners is um, a book that I am crazy about that um, I got my entire management team to do at Weba was Strengths Finder. Um, if you've heard of it, yeah. So it's just a really great way. You do like a bunch of questions and then you derive your top five strengths. And that's a great way to see, yeah, I mean, if your strength is communication, then yeah, you should be like front standing, talking to customers. If your strength is more strategy, then maybe that's something you want to do. So I thought that was really helpful. And also going back to the partners, picking your partner, Annabella and I did that before we put any money in, a, in the bank account. So we both did the strengths finder to see if we have different strengths to see if we could complement each other's strengths. So I feel like it's a great book to do with people you want to work, you know, in close contact with, um, with a common goal. I'm 100% with you, babe. So one of my good friends is a StrengthsFinder coach. If you ever want, you know, someone to coach your team through StrengthsFinder, she would be perfect for it. She's so passionate about it. She just won't shut up about StrengthsFinder. And so she bought me for my birthday, the StrengthsFinder course, and we've been going through it. So I think leading strategic with a strategic edge, that's one of mine and Wu, you know, so when I love something, I just also, I won't shut up about it. So Alex knows, I've, I've spoken to you probably about like 10 different things. Like this is great. And that is great. And that is great. So, so yeah, I think definitely all these pieces, you know, as part of life coaching and, and business coaching, I, I've been very blessed to get to receive quite a bit of that as well. And, and I facilitated quite a lot of courses the last few years. I think that's also really been a key part of our journey. I think it's, it's impossible to be an entrepreneur if they're not practicing self-awareness. And I think it's impossible to change something unless you're first aware, right? So we need to have awareness. Then we need to realize there's a choice. Okay, now that I'm aware of this, what do I want to do about it? And if you choose not to do anything about it, you're just going to be stuck in the same vicious cycle for 10 years. And we don't want to do that, right? We want to be able to be fruitful and effective. So yeah, starts with awareness for sure. Mm -hmm. So I would love to ask, what makes a strong business brand or a strong fitness brand to you, you know, from your past experiences or with WeBar for Linda, you know, and how do you deliver this entire brand experience that people love? Alex first. Um, yeah, I can, I can answer. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, how, how do you deliver uh, that, that brand experience, right? So I, I need to trace back to 2017, Run, right? That's how did we manage to so successfully um, build a brand year on year from the first year, 3,000 people, second year, 9,000 people, third year, 15,000 people signing up for this local uh, uh, curated brand and having the different cities sign up 4,000 people participating in each city. And that was only because of the good success we had uh, in Singapore for the first two years. And therefore, we managed to have that collateral to, to build in the other cities. But I think it was that, that community, right, that we managed to build an alignment to what our vision was. I think that really is the key uh, in terms of, also, I mean, Linda is the brand specialist, right? But um, I'm talking about this from a community perspective where we met, and and, you know, Talking about community right now, I call myself a community advocate, but three years ago, four years ago, I knew nuts about community. I didn't know that whatever I was doing, who was building community. It's only on hindsight that I realized that, hey, you know, everything that I was doing, even from my days as a teacher, was already building and honing community. And um, 
I just need to be able to understand what it was that I did well in all of those uh, different roles that, and can apply it to whatever I'm doing uh, at this current point. Right? So it's alignment of uh, values and the vision. And I think we managed to put that out very clearly. So it needs to be clear and it needs to be aligned, right? So what, what, what was the entire YOLO run experience? It was about, it was actually a shirtless run, right? So when we called it shirtless, uh, people thought, oh, it's just, you know, showing skin and, you know, uh, and all of that. But no, it was really about being comfortable in your own skin. And this was something that everybody was able to relate to. You don't need to have a six pack or a hot pot to be able to run shirtless in an event like that. Right, you, it doesn't height doesn't matter, size doesn't matter, weight doesn't matter, and you know uh, gender doesn't matter as well. So because of that, everyone jumped on the bandwagon, and it was something I guess in the early days. Now probably things like that are happening a lot more, but you know in the early days something like that was very very um, well received because people could understand it, and it was something that was aligned with whatever people were thinking. And you 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 know you throw a stone on the street and there would be somebody that would be understand would be able to understand what it actually means to be comfortable in your own skin and it could be something that somebody could actually be facing it could be physical it could be emotional it could be psychological it doesn't matter but figuratively taking off your shirt to run is something that people will want to be doing together as a group or maybe even as an individual and that was something that we managed to put across very well and of course all the other examples to illustrate uh, with our different participants or past participants or even influencers that were, were sharing stories that also helped to elevate whatever we were trying to say. Yeah, so I, I think it's about um, the uh, alignment as well as the clarity. Yes, yeah. What I'm hearing also is a lot of ty- good timing as well, right? Because sometimes when you put out a certain sort of campaign and if it's very... Uh, it's very tongue-in-cheek or it's very controversial. Sometimes it's not the timing, but it sounds like, okay, it was a good timing to be received and the clarity of the message was also clear. It was well-received. Would you say, how did you also be able to bring about so many people and, and, and have so much take up for the runs, right? And so much growth and the community being so strong and supportive. How was that like for you? And was there anything that helped you build that community? I think that I'm a very on the ground kind of person, right? So I would make sure that I meet every single stakeholder, every single sponsor or partner or whoever. And being able to establish that relationship, that authentic relationship, I think definitely helps. So, I mean, imagine going to Thailand, Bangkok to do something like that and not, have, not knowing anybody. Uh, and being able to still successfully be able to launch something with 4,000 participants. So I, I think it was putting myself out there, uh, building authentic relationships and being as true to myself as well as to the event or brand as possible to have been able to put it across that this is really what I want to do and what I feel. And it's not something I'm doing because I want to be making money. Of course, yes, making money would have to be part of the equation anyway, but I am vested in this. And this is something that I'm doing from the goodness of my own heart as well. Yeah. That's great. How about you, Linda? How do you deliver a brand that people love and trust? I feel like I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> so I've been, as Alex has been talking, I'm listening, but also thinking like, how, go, how do I 
drill it down to like one or two points that I feel is essential because this is just something I just no go so go much, for it yeah so much opportunity in um, yeah but if, if but if I could really narrow it down um I think my training in PNG and Unilever really taught me something that I brought to Weba, which was that do one thing and do one thing really well and to not to try to take too many things. Right. And, um, and I learned that because I was working on shampoo and how do you choose a different brand of shampoo? They're all the same, you know, there's it's water and like fragrance and color, and then it's the packaging and then it's the brand. So it's the brand you resonate with. It's the benefits that in, in the way they speak about it, that you feel like resonate with your personality. Um, but that really taught me how to really differentiate and really do one thing really well. So then when we started Weba, I was very clear in my mind. I didn't want to be a studio that had everything. And I wanted to be a studio that had one thing done really well. And I remember at that point, there were many studios who were like multifaceted, like yoga and Pilates or like bar and Pilates or, you know, boxing and yoga. I mean, there was like all these hybrided concepts. And I, for us, I really just wanted, I was very consistent with, no, we're not, we're going to stay the course and um, not get distracted because even throughout people were saying like, oh, boxing is a big trend now. Why don't you do like a boxing bar? Or then, oh, like yoga. Why don't you do like a yoga bar? And to me, I was like, okay, we can dabble in it and try it as a workshop, but it'll never be the core bread and butter of what we do because um, then we're not going to be known for anything. And that was something that was really important to me. So I think if there's anything I could leave listeners with, it would be to really understand your purpose, um, understand your brand, um, define it as if it would be a person, like define it as if you would describe it as a friend what would be the things that you like about it or would it be the things that you might not like about it? And what would be the facets of, like, of this person, of this brand, like from the top, bottom side um, and really understand it really well. And then once you have created all these, this kind of uh, 360 and three-dimensional brand, then to really do that consistently. And um, in your mind, you might be like, oh, I've already talked about this before. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about something different. But maybe only like 20% of your client base saw that, not 100% would have seen that. And then maybe they saw something else and forgot it. I mean, you don't realize like how much you need to drill something to someone's mind before they create that association and are really clear of the values your brand is linked to. So um, yeah, I mean, I feel like five years later, we still talk about our values, which is, you know, to be stronger together that we want to empower people to feel more confident, um, to do something they didn't think they could do, even if it's a little small progress. Uh, and the brand evolves. Definitely the way we bring these values to life could evolve, especially through COVID. It will switch it, it will switch up a little. But the essence of the value or the core, like the depth of what the value means, is consistent throughout. And um, yeah, so consistency, like understanding your brand, and then once you do to be consistent with how you deliver it. So that people who resonate with it will really resonate with you, with you. And that's how you really build loyal followers and people who really advocate for your brand because they're so clear in their mind what your brand stands for. They know, yes, I align with those values and I feel those values coming to life in my experience. And I want my friend next to me to also experience those values because I'm so clear of what benefits and what it's done for me. So um, Can I ask, that how is what do you I would say. That's great. Yeah. 
Can I ask, how do you hold the tension with, you know, having a very strong vision with clarity, right? This is our offering. This is our core offering. And this is what we're going to do. And we're going to be consistent, which is great. And I think it's something that, I mean, I know I need as well. But how do you hold the tension also with like listening to the ground, right? So for example, people like me and Alex who are always on the ground, we're always hearing needs and someone has this need, someone that has that need and we also want to try to adapt to fit everyone's need or at least I know that's what I'm like. How do you hold that tension with listening to someone but also, and your customer, but also having a very strong vision of the brand? Mm, That's a great question because you want to be, you want to be clear, but you also need to be adaptable and fluid. So, and, and I guess that's what I mean by the brand can evolve, like the values can evolve. And during COVID, I mean, the way that we used to bring certain values to life couldn't be brought to life post-COVID. So then how do we bring that to life, right? When we went from studio to virtual, how would that come to life? And there's always ways that you can do that, but it's about thinking about how to do it. But to answer your question about listening, I mean, yes, that is the most important thing to listen to your customers, the most important thing. And you can never listen and ask enough. And that's so important that you always stay humble and listen to your customers. But I think it's also in my mind clear, um, I can't please everyone. I can't please every single need or every person out there as well. And um, it has to feel genuine and authentic for the brand to do so. And the second it feels like it's inauthentic for you to do that, um, you're diluting your brand. So I listen. um, But if someone comes to me and they're like, Oh, every time I, for example, if someone comes to me and they're like, every time I come to your studio, it's very noisy. Like everyone's chatting so much. And I just want to come in and like do my workout and leave and have some peace and quiet. I mean, I know that is not our studio because our studio is all about community and like making friends and like um, us, us asking you like what your goals are and how we can help you achieve that. So if someone wants to like have a very in and out, very like detached and quiet, full respect to that. People, some people might want that workout and I totally get it. But then I know that that's not authentic to Weba because if I go and say, okay, everyone be quiet and let this person come in, in in silence and then leave in silence to make this one person happy, it won't be authentic to the brand. And everyone else that came to me for that community is also going to feel like, hang on, is she for community or is she not? Like what's going on? So, um, so yeah, I would say always listen, be, I mean, obviously your values can evolve and they have fluency around the values but also what is authentic and genuine to you at the end of the day. And it's okay not to please everyone. And I think it's actually not good to please everyone because then you're not, you're neither everything, right? You're not able to be really good at one thing if you're pleasing everyone. So that's kind of how I try to guide myself in, in that journey. Great. What are some practical tips that you have for building an authentic and strong, beautiful community? I'll take that question. Oh, yes, please, Alex. Please, please, Alex. (laughs) Definitely go for it. I I think actually Linda said it a lot already, you know, with the consistency and the authenticity and, you know, how this is aligned with with the values. And I've had this conversation with Linda before and it's about how these, how your values manifest in all areas of the business, right? From your customer service to the website to your instructor, to the way that they're greeted, to the way that they leave, to the, when they go to the washroom. So all of these values need to be manifested. And as long as you are, I remember the word that um, Linda used, you are... Oh, intentional? No, 
Yes, you must be intentional <laughs> in everything that you do in all areas of the business. And I think that actually is aligned with the authentic and uh, consistent message. And because of that, you gain the trust, right? And because you gain the trust, you have the credibility. And then, you know, it leads on to having loyal followers and then it becomes a community. They tell their friends about it. And yeah, it, it is something that people will continue talking about and uh, continue referring to. Right. Uh, yeah. That, that's 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 how uh, that's how I feel about that. I love that. Yeah. I, I really align and resonate with that as well because I always, I mean, I've been running life coaching, business coaching sort of workshops, and what I find is a lot of times they carry a lot of people carry these values, right? But we're not aware of it. So it it might be coming out in different ways, and I think I'm still on a journey with that myself. But but how do you then create these brand touch points throughout the website, throughout the water cooler moments, throughout the, the service that, um, yeah, that different people get. So I think it's also creating it. And like Linda said, being intentional and being aware of how you're carrying that brand into the different touch points of your business or your service offering. Yeah, that's really good. Well, I would love to hear what are, what is some of your personal values that you bring personally into your work or business? Maybe a minute each, if yeah. Linda, okay, to cool. go first. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I'll start. So, what are your personal values that you bring into the company or the brand? I mean, that is the that is the blessing of starting your own company. You can completely create a company that you a hundred percent resonate with, and I think that is the biggest perk that I have from moving from corporate to my own business. And I I say this all the time. Um, people ask me, you know, what is the difference or what's the best thing about doing your own thing? And I say, I can be a hundred percent authentically me 24 seven. You know, I don't have to put on a corporate hat and a at home hat or out with my friends hat and like with my colleagues hat. Um, I feel I can truly be me all the time. And that is the most liberating thing for me. I'm a Sagittarius, so I'm very much about living young, wild and free. So it's very aligned with um, the inner me. Uh, but so, so because I can do that and we have that allowance, I mean, when Annabelle and I started the company, we really, uh, looked at the studios we had experienced ourselves as consumers and which studios we really felt drawn to and what actions were done that made us feel like, yes, we want to come back here. And that experience is what kind of drilled into how we create a Weba, what we felt like would be, um, a studio space that we felt would thrive in Asia for the mindset of Asian consumers um, and, and, and their needs as well. So, so for us, our, we have three values. It's very clear. It's been there since the beginning. Um, one is empowerment, one is community, and one is fun. Uh, and they sound very simple, but again, it's about how we intentionally bring, that, bring those to life. And I think I am hopefully all three of those values. <laughs> so um, definitely those are values. You are very fun, we, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean why does exercise have to be up. a drag a, a drag as well so so to me it's very instinct i mean those are things that i personally believe in that's what i try to demonstrate in my personal life and what i get to yeah. do for work and spread even wider with weba so it's amazing what i love about you linda is that you work hard and you play hard as well and yeah i think entrepreneurship should be like that right where you work hard and play hard how about you alex what is one or some of the personal values that you bring into your work? 
Right. Uh, so my personal values are actually the same as my values at uh, Aviary and Co. Right. I call it the CCC. Right. C as in S E A C C. So C, the first, uh, the first uh, value is self. Right. So focusing on self, uh, self awareness, self compassion. I think it's important to understand yourself first before you can go out there and do something for the people around you. So self is important. Um, second thing is empathy. Right. Uh, without that empathy, you're not going to be able to understand how the people around you are feeling. And without that, you're not going to be able to deliver any value, right? Without having that empathy. The next one is authenticity. So that's also very similar to uh, what uh, Linda mentioned. I think it's about being your true self. I don't actually am a different, I am actually not a different person or more like I'm actually the same person, whether I'm online, offline, when you meet me in, in person or, or whatever, right? So whether I'm with friends or colleagues or or, or business partners or, or clients, I'm the same person. There's no uh, different Alex that you would meet. So that's uh, being authentic. And I think uh, community is also definitely one of them. That's one of the C's and which is also, you know, my, my, uh, something that I, I call uh, my passion. And the last one is actually courage. So I think having all of having courage and being able to understand risks and take calculated risks as an entrepreneur is important, right? Now uh, you can't just go and do something because everyone is doing it. Uh, because it's trending. You can't just uh, go and do something just because uh, somebody says that it's something that you should do, right? So, but how do you have that sort of courage? How do you have that sort of information, data, and knowledge to be able to uh, take those different steps that you need to take as an individual or uh, as a business? Right? So C, 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 S, E, A, C, C, uh, these are the values that, that I, I live by. Thanks for listening in today. At The Purposepreneur, I'm always looking for ways to support your growth and encourage you to live out your fullest purpose. I'm so happy to share that we have three rebar sessions and three consultation sessions by Avery & Co. to give away. To win a session with rebar, tell us one way you'd like to be stronger in this year in 2021. To win a half-hour consultation session with Alex and Avery & Co., tell us what business you'd like to start or grow. For the above, Alex, Linda and myself will pick the top three comments. For a chance to win, comment your answer on my Instagram giveaway post on The Purposepreneur. And number two, follow The Purposepreneur, WeBarSG, Avery & Co on Instagram. Bonus points too if you share a screenshot from this podcast interview on your Instagram or social media feed. If you think someone would benefit from this podcast or episode, please share it with them as well. Thanks for listening and see you next episode.